Good morning and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and today I've got a special guest. It's Adam Pekarski. Adam is the founder or managing partner of Pekarski & Co., a recruiting firm, specialist recruiting firm here in Calgary. Uh, let me, Adam, I'll just let, please introduce yourself and uh, tell us what got you started. Good morning. Um, Adam Pekarski, founding partner of Pekarski & Co. We're a boutique executive search firm. We're proudly Calgary-based, independently owned and operated, and um, got started, the firm started 10 years ago, so we're just, just, just turned 10 on July 28th, so in our 11th year. Nice, nice. <clears throat> yeah. So, te- so to the last 10 years, and this, is, this gets into my, but before we go there, before the next 10, or the last 10 years, I'd like to understand a little the genesis of, sure. and maybe for the, list, the, the, the benefit of the listeners, you're a lawyer by, tr- by background, uh, by trade, uh, U of A. A recovering lawyer. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a lawyer, his dad was a lawyer. I practiced for uh, three and a half long years and um, realized that, uh, you know, to be really good at it, you, like anything, you have to love it. And right. in order to, to love it, um, you sort of have to be good at it. And, and I, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing. I, I just didn't love it enough to put in the time that you need to put in to be good at it. Right. But this reminds me then of a very famous lawyer that a lot of Canadians understand, Ken Dryden. Mm-hmm. You know, he quit hockey to go into law school. Yep. Uh, just, I, I'm going off topic, but you probably, there's a book he wrote recently, and he took on the cases of a lot of the players in NHL that had the concussion. Okay. And I, have you heard about that? Or you... um, I, I, I didn't know that he had taken on those cases. I knew he was a lawyer, went I, to Cornell Law School. I don't know if he took the cases on, but he wrote, I think he wrote some books on it. And there, okay. was, a, there was a couple, and there was the fact that there was a Calgary Flame had died from, yeah. I think it's a similar one to the U.S., the concussion, yeah, C, well, I think CBE or, anyway, I just literally, you just triggered that, <laughs> that, that part of me. So what got you into the, into the search and re- executive search business then from a, from a lawyer? Well, um, Ironically, it was in the summer of 2001, I was approached by a recruiter, right. and I have uh, written a lot about the fact that search, search is, is your second marriage. Search finds you. No one goes to university and studies and gets a bachelor's in recruitment sciences. Right. Um, very few people actually grow up even knowing what executive search is. You usually see it at a crossroads in your career when you meet a search person because you're thinking about making a change right, right. and that person recognizes in you a skill set and says, have you ever thought about search? And that's what happened to me. And so it was uh, summer of 01 and I was a little bit slow at work in my law firm <laughs> and I was a little bored yeah. and um, I went to meet a, a recruiter, recruiter for a, a, for, for a, a, like a, a legal position. Right. And by the end of the meeting with her, she said, have you ever thought about being a recruiter? Three years later, I was the top producing um, legal recruiter for Robert Half globally uh, based here in Calgary. So I was on I, legal recruiting on the lawyers legal side, just on the lawyers. And yeah. so I was out billing the, the, the Robert Half guys from Chicago and New York and Sydney wow. and Tokyo and London and, and so I, I had a knack for it. I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and salespeople. And right. So I had a knack for it. So this predates, I mean, let, let's today, that, that role, that, that recruiting your lawyer network, that was phone calls, that was meeting in the coffee shops, literally, I'll really where, grassroots. Where, 
grassroots, I'll tell you where I, I there, there are two things that informed my decision, um, or, or at least got me thinking I had a future in this. Uh, the first was right. many, many years ago, I got thrown in jail, air quotes, for the jail and bail fundraiser for, okay. I think it was the Canadian Cancer Society. Right, right. And my old articling principal um, threw me in jail where you basically had to, you had a phone and to get out of jail, you had to raise a certain amount of money brilliant, for brilliant. the Canadian Cancer idea. Society. So I got um, arrested, air quotes, <laughs> at the law firm yeah. and I got dragged away in a paddy wagon and I got dropped off at Bow Valley Square. In Calgary. Uh, in Calgary, yeah, yeah. at the height of lunch hour, packed with people. And my articling principal was the judge. And he was the one who set your bail, which was the amount you had to raise to get out. Wow. And he said, I can make this easy for you or I can make it painful for you. And there were probably a thousand people watching. And he said, your bail can be set at $1,000 if all you do is chant, go flames, go. If you are in contempt of this and you refuse to do it, <laughs> Because you're, you're from Edmonton. Because I'm an Oilers fan. An Oilers fan, yeah. And then your bail will be set at $5,000. And I said, well, I'm happy to raise $5,000 because I'm not going to say go flames, go. Incredible. So he threw me in jail and I had to raise $5,000. All you had was a phone. So I got on the phone and I just started calling everybody I knew. And I think I raised 7000 or $8,000 by the time it was over. That is very similar to the early stages of my career in recruiting in terms of having to just get on get the on board and, yeah. and make it happen. So that was definitely, uh, that was an early, an early indicator that I... That's because I mean, literally, that's pre... Okay, internet came 90s, late 90s, but you were not using LinkedIn search. I didn't, I didn't have an iPhone with me in that little cell. Yeah. I had an old push button. Nokia, telephone. and you're doing SMS with the letters and... Yeah, and, and uh, so, so that was... That was that was definitely an experience that, that, that got me thinking, wow. well, if I can do that, I can probably, I can probably do something right. in sales. Okay, so let's put back to your, your, your earlier comment then. The, ten, the last 10 years is really the Podkarski & Co. Mm-hmm. where you've been. What, I mean, again, this is the open book, other than Gordie Howe on your shelf up there, which we're going to talk about later. But in the last 10 years, what would you say the fundamental changes in your, in, let's take Calgary business community, but also the HR or search I say HR, but the search, what yeah. would you see the fundamental changes have been over the last 10 years? Well, I'll answer the question this way. Um, about 10 years ago, when I was at a previous firm to this one, a big global firm, search right. firm, I was walking back from a lunch with one of the old partners at the firm. He's retired now. Right. And he was lamenting the rise of LinkedIn at the time. And he said to me, uh, we're doomed. 2009. Yeah, it was, it was about 2008. And, and LinkedIn was sort of becoming uh, a thing, right. early days. And he said to me, he would have been in his early 70s at the time. Sure, and sure. he said to me, we're, we're doomed. And I turned to him and I said, you're doomed. I'm going to be just fine. And what I meant by that was that his crown jewel was his Rolodex, his actual... Right. Old school Rolodex. Yep. He yep. knew, he knew the phone numbers of every CEO in town. He knew their assistant's name, and he had the access because of the proprietary nature of his Rolodex. Yeah. And I remember I said to him, Michael, your Rolodex just became my Rolodex and everybody's Rolodex. And so in the last ten years, what we've seen is that search has fundamentally shifted from 
finding the people, which used to be the game. Right. And it's no longer the game. You that, was, that was proprietary. That was, it was literally who you called, and if he had the network or the Rolodex. He had the advantage on me. Yeah. I mean, if he... But, but it has shifted 180 degrees from finding the people. You could find the people. My 15-year-old son could find the people. If I gave him the internet, which he has, and right. a telephone, which he has. Right. It's shifted fundamentally to... It's now a storyteller's art. Right. It's the ability to tell the candidate's story to the client and the client's story to the candidate. So once I have found you, I yeah. now have to compel you to leave the good thing you've got right. to go to something better. And I've got to compel my client to look at you and tell them your story. So, so you still need that. It's not even a gatekeeper. You're still a matchmaker. It's a conduit. The LinkedIn is, conduit. A, is a conduit because at the end... There, there may have been a point, maybe five, six, seven years ago, where LinkedIn suddenly people used that profile, and that was it. I saw your profile, and they could pull it, and then you'd suddenly have in that chat. And I, I, there, there was, there may have been that point because the first point is your your colleague said, "We're doomed." Yeah. You you got it, but there was a, there was a point, and I maybe you maybe you saw that over the last probably six, seven years ago, where there was people were just pulling LinkedIn's and you're getting interviews. LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's. From an executive search perspective, the key point about the arrival of LinkedIn and other tools that we have sure. at, our, at our disposal sure. that are somewhat proprietary by virtue of belonging to certain association groups, we pay dues, for example, to be part of the Association of Executive Search Consultants. And by virtue of being a member of the AESC, right. we have access to a database called Blue Steps. Well, Blue Steps is LinkedIn on steroids. It's curated. You have to be admitted into Blue Steps. You can't just anyone can can be wow. on LinkedIn. I've never heard of that. Right. This so, I literally this is this is So that is the kind of access again back to Michael's Rolodex. Well, if Michael's Rolodex had 3000 curated names in it stuffed on index cards literally, Blue Steps has 140,000 names. So let, and let's LinkedIn unpack has millions. Let's unpack that a little bit because if if Blue Step is it an algorithm they're using to get better information? That If you want to be in Blue Steps, you've got to basically be admitted into it. You have to be an executive of a certain uh, heft. You have to have worked a certain number of years. You have to basically be curated and admitted into the database. Right now, there are no barriers to entry for being on LinkedIn or being no, on so many of the social very few. platforms. So yep. The problem with LinkedIn right now has become, I get asked, every day by 15 or 20 people to join my network. Sure. I don't know who they are. Yeah. Half the time they're stockbrokers trying to sell me a stock or sure. a, a real estate agent trying to, and so it has actually become dilutive to the point that I have to be very careful about who I accept and who I reject. Sure. Because uh, uh, it's garbage. I take, in, pro- garbage I take pride that you've, you've accepted my LinkedIn request, yes, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, one thing I, I have done, and I'm just giving give this is, about a year ago, I started with the LinkedIn career advice informal, yeah. and initially it was just do what I've done and you'll you know learn about the emerging tech. But that's not a good advice. Instead, I was literally talking about things about how to use LinkedIn more effectively, which mm-hmm. is already there. And 99%, and again, this is my, my maybe tainted view, people don't know how to use that, which yeah. is, as you said, it's readily available, but this... This goes further. You're, the, way, the, blue. The, key, the, the key is what, what we're doing right now is two human beings sitting in a boardroom together, face-to-face, having a conversation. Right. LinkedIn facilitated that conversation. 
10 years ago, 15 years ago, right. it would have been a lot harder for you and I to wind up in this room together. For virually impossible. 20 years ago, you would have had to write me a letter, put it in the mailbox, and uh, I would we, have had to we read it. We literally had this discussion the other night uh, about the paper, the bonded, because we were talking about bonded paper. And not your jail bond, but the bonded, yeah. the hard stock, yeah. and you printed it, and you were really angry if that cover letter, you know, there was a mistake. Because you remember those days, and you hand-delivered, yeah. and I go back to my days as an auditor, running around with the black bags with paper, a lot of paper. So, you know, that's a, you're right, that's a huge change in the Rolodex, and I'm going to just, your Rolodex comment reminded me of five, six years ago in fundraising in the oil and gas industry, I spent a lot of time, and literally the Rolodex was the only means of, of the contact on the finding funding. And if they didn't come through, the idea stopped. Yeah. And the social, from what I found, and I'm just, is that, that similar on the LinkedIn side is there's the fundraisers are out there. They're in New York, they're in Toronto, they're in London. I don't have the, the luxury, particularly when you're remote for a, if you're in emerging technologies, to raise funds remotely and fly into the London, and I call it the Ivory Tower of London. So LinkedIn, as you said, is a conduit. And it can yeah. bridge that, that gap. You still have gap. to, though, make the sale. I You're right. Mean, and that's the thing is, is I don't think the robots are, are I'm not, I don't lie awake and worry about the robots taking over my, my business because at the end of the day, as we're just demonstrating right now, it's still two human beings yeah. sitting in a room together. And in the context of a search and an interview, there's still a buyer and a seller. That ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's the client looking to hire the executive right. that becomes the seller because if you're trying to pull someone out of an organization and they're already well paid and very happy sure. but you want them you really need to you really got to give them a reason why they should uproot their very good happy life and come and be the new guy at your right. shop right sometimes it's the interviewee who is the seller who desperately wants the new job and is 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 trying to come Vince, the, the, the buyer client right. as to why, but right. it doesn't wow. change the fact that for all the technology in the world, that is, and, and, and there's now this emergence of psychometric assessment tools, yep. Yep. And psychometric yes. testing, but that is just, that's like a reference check. That's, that's the same thing as, as me checking with your old boss and asking, you know, sure, how's sure. Alan? Does he aptitude, an aptitude, do they have the aptitude? And, 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 and what, what are the softer skills? What, yeah. what does he do as a manager when he's under stress? Is he a jerk? Is he sarcastic? Is he quiet? Is he loud? I could ask a, another human being that, or I could ask you to do a web-based survey asking whether you, you know, view yourself as a banana or an orange and try to decipher from that how yeah. you act under stress. At the end of the day, all of the technological tools, the LinkedIn that connected us, the psychometric test that helped me understand who you are. Yeah, yes. All of it is secondary to... The one-on-one -on -one dialogue. The one-on-one -on -one between two human beings. That, okay. That's fundamental, and that will never go away in my business. See, and, and, and this, ste this steps to the part of when people read the headline, the banner, whatever it is, and what you've said, the heart of the technology is you're done. And go back to your, your colleague, the retiring Michael, seven, yeah. you know, 70 years old, and we're doomed with LinkedIn. And it's a similar. The headlines, we're doomed with... Yeah. And so in HR... For you know the HR, and I look at this, and I, what is your view? I want to hear this, and you've kind of said it, but there's a lot of tools, and there's a lot of, and I call it the HR bots or the the, bot, yeah. the auto bots out there, and they're in almost all sectors, but tech in in HR, what I, in my view, is 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 all over. 
You're literally, the, you have so many tools yeah. for back office support, for recruiting, the auto recruiting, and then also for performance review and education. There's a lot, that's, that's what I've seen. What do you see? Yeah, my kids, whenever we're in the car listening to a podcast, which we do a lot, right. and a zip recruiter app yep. comes on, <laughs> <laughs> they they like to joke with me and say, "Oh, Dad, you're screwed because that's a, you know ZipRecruiter is coming sure, for you." Sure. Well, I'm not too worried about ZipRecruiter. Keep in mind, there are probably traditional recruiting recruitment firms who are a bit worried about ZipRecruiter because right. the algorithm that matches what the candidate is seeking and what the employer is looking for sure. can probably get you 80% of the way there. We play in the 20%, not not the 80. So. Uh, you right, know, right. Yeah, look, we have, we have a database, and um, if you were looking for a job and you wanted to be an auditor in a public company, and I coded you as audit public company, sure, sure. and then I got a search for an auditor for a public company, I would key in the keywords, and your and name would pop And it can match that. Up. gives you... But really, okay, that's helpful. It, get, it narrows my pool. I'm not looking at, at, at right, you know, right. non-CPAs, but at the end of the day... I still have to meet you, pre-screen you. What kind of guy are you? Are you going to fit with the culture of my client? Right. Did you show up in a blue suit and attire? Did you show up in 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 sneakers and jeans? And and what impression am I going to form? I literally about you? had when I was in Deloitte in Kazakhstan. Literally, and I'm going to use the word cocky, cocky young kid. So I, I interviewed a lot of kids. as a partner. I was interviewing yeah. the because we needed. It was 2004, 2005. It was high. We didn't have. We had such high demand on the mining and oil and gas companies. Kids showed up in, in jeans and a t-shirt. I think I don't know if it was Ozzy Osbourne, but it was. And it was, it was a local local kid who'd gone to the Kemet, which was the, which was the uh, premier school. Literally showed up, and he started. The salary's not great. It's not. And I literally had the It's not. <laughs> You're not gonna have fun. You know. You got to work long hours. I literally. I didn't. He was. He wasn't the right kid. He he thought he was. I think he got angry and he sent he sent a phone call to the managing partner because I think he had a contacts. Osmond says, because you did the right thing. You know, that. Anyway, so it's, it's funny that you, the, the one-on-one is still, that face-to-face is very yeah. important. So I literally, I like your, your comment on the ZipRecruiter because I hear them I, you know, on Sirius XM. I think they're always. always literally, and you can see it on your car. Yeah. Zipper, again, like yeah. I literally, I'll just tell you this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to continue with Sirius XM because there's too many ads. Not the ZipRecruiter, but all. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you the same technological advancements to your earlier point, it's, it's no different than Trivago or Hotels.com or just going online right. to shop for a hotel or a plane ride or concert tickets or, or a candidate for your firm. But I can tell you, if I was looking to bring another search person into this shop, I wouldn't be looking at, on ZipRecruiter, with all due respect to ZipRecruiter. Now... There might be organizations out there who need um, a, a clerk or need a, an accounts payable person or need one of the myriad of, you know, um, higher volume, lower paying jobs. Sure, sure. And, and there's an absolute place in the world for that kind of a sure. tool. But we're talking senior executive search. We're talking bet the farm roles. We were at a meeting yesterday morning with a CEO of a company here in Calgary, a public company. We know something, which is that on Tuesday, his, his existing, one of his existing members of executive team is going to soon be his, no, well, he doesn't know that yet. Oh. He's going to be invited to leave on Tuesday. Oh, We're already okay. up the curve to get yeah. going, to get ready sure. for the search. So we don't, we don't 
play in that in the ZipRecruiter space. We, we're talking to that's a, high volume, high volume, high possibly volume, turnover, more. high turnover, low yeah. margin. Yeah. And, and, and just going back to your point, literally, I had this conversation, and I, I'm going to put names on the table. But my he's a head of a, of a oil company, a midstream mid oil gas, mid oil and gas company, medium oil and gas company, and literally he's an HR. VPHR, and he said, we were talking about uh, running an ad, a newspaper ad, and literally, you're going to flip the page and hope that your intended, you know, in today's, you know, zip recruiter world, yeah. or social media, and this is to my, my, the social media side, when are you hoping that that picture, that photo, or that th- page 37 ad is going to get re- read, because personally, I don't read the newspaper as much, I might pick it up, but well, that's it, real old school, it's the Rolodex, it's Hope the Rolodex. We- it's the it's the um, it's the for sale sign that's nailed into your front lawn, yeah. and the only people who are going to see the for sale yeah, sign are the people who drive down your street. Yes. And in reality, I would imagine that ninety percent of the traffic up and down your street is the same, same thousand people. cars every day yeah. because they live there. So really, that for sale sign. Is the I like that analogy. Paper. I love the analogy because yeah. literally in today's social media, I, fine. If people want to run ads on radio, TV, print, and this is one thing when living in Qatar, is you need to learn about social media from a branding awareness. Um, but that that social media, let's put some money, disproportionate share out of traditional media and into whatever source. I don't know if it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, but in terms of recruiting a high-end executive, and this this speaks to what you're saying. You really need to be talking, but creating awareness of somehow. Totally. So, and you, I think you just hit the nail on the head in that we're not going to find the next executive vice president for this oil and gas company I referenced you, on social media. I can tell you we're not going to find them there. We're, we're going to, they might see our posting on our website and they might apply for it. Doubtful. Uh, right. We're going to find them by networking our way through the space and asking people, leveraging our network and asking people who they know who's really good, who has the industry knowledge, who meets the spec that our client's asking us to look for. So that's ultimately how we're going to be successful. What the social media does for us is it creates awareness of our brand. And boom, awareness, that's a huge, that's that's huge. That's what it is. And so every time someone says to me yeah uh, wow i see you guys everywhere i love your brand i love the way you guys kind of project yourselves right and it's consistent the reaction we get is you guys are so involved in the community you guys have this fun culture this great feel why because kara who does all of our social media right. has a a consistent message consistent imagery consistent themes con- there's a consistency yeah. to it that creates a sense out there of, of our brand. That is the community, very, in the community. You're it, part of the community. And it's very, very reflective of who we are. So we use it to create awareness. We don't use it Brilliant. to find people. Brilliant. No, because actually when you were saying that, we don't use social media. You do, but the actual end game, at the end game is the one-on-one, and you've said that yeah. repeatedly. And it's that awareness builds up to John or Mary VP who says, you know, six months ago, I was talking to so-and-so and that whole, and you've, you support it with your whole yeah. outlook with the community. And I want to point back to, you know, the brand, the hockey brand in Calgary or Canada, you growing up and if, you know, using Gord, Gordie Howe, and I just wanted for the listeners, 
um, Adam's got a picture of Gordie Howe and the team in a pro-am. And for me, it's, it gives me goosebumps to see that photo and to, to talk about Gordie Howe. But that's a brand. That's an iconic Canadian brand. And, you know, if I was to use social media today and, and, I, and talk about hockey, you, you know, I would go back to the nostalgia of, if I was use hockey to brand or needed to brand, I'd go back to the 50s and 60s and 70s and bring that out. And like the Ken Dryden I mentioned earlier. So you, you've hit the nail on the head. In my, in my view, social media is about branding and awareness and not about selling. So, look, Adam, thank you for your time. I just want to give you one last, ch- ch- uh, one last question. And it's really just what do you see in your probably, it's probably going to be a similar view. But the next two to three years, the Calgary business community, vis-a-vis search or just just the Calgary business community, what do you see the big th- impact in th- the business in the future? I the think next- what we're seeing a lot of and it's great I'm actually a pretty I'm an optimist um, we've done it in our own business and we're seeing our clients do it in their businesses and that is this they're actually learning how to run their business they are lean they're watching cost right. they are they're running their business again they're not just sort of coming into work and turning on the printing press because the reality of a, of a depressed oil and gas market and, right. and the reality of, and I don't want to get political here, but of Alberta being sort of um, well dependent to twist in the wind right. um, by, by our friends in Ottawa and other provinces, who, who there's a certain irony about um, the way they consume and live their lives and how quick they are to, 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 um, to distance themselves from, from what we produce here in Alberta better than anyone in the right. world. Right. Um, the reality is that we now, if we live here, we have to learn how to run our business. We work for a home builder, home builder who said to me, we took a chance building this project in the Southeast. We never would have built that project eight years right. ago. We took the chance because the market forced us to. We've done things here at our firm, taken on mandates that I can guarantee you 2011, 2012, we never would have taken them on. Right. Fees would have been too low, would have been too much of a headache. Now we're taking them on and they're leading to other opportunities we never would have imagined would have come our way. We have oil and gas company clients who are running their business, who've managed to actually reduce carbon emissions, increase revenues, decrease expenses, increase margins. They wouldn't have done any of that five, six, seven years ago because they didn't have to. So I actually think, to answer the question, that the next two, three years are going to continue to reward those who actually run their business. Wow. One of the questions I didn't ask, but I, because we had a lot of more uh, discussions, the other discussions, but was exactly what are companies doing in today's because of that tight market? The last, it's literally been the last ten years. The, the oil crisis. It's, the been, oil prices, it's been five and a half. It dipped. Yeah. Well, for 2008, it dipped from 147 down to 30 a minute and recovered. I'm giving West Texas. Uh, yeah. I'm giving North Sea Brent. And it was 110 dollars a barrel. And then for, there was this complacency period up to about 2013, 14, 15, and then suddenly it dropped back down to 30, 40, and we're, we're fighting with $50 a barrel again. So that creativity, what, you, what you've just said to me is, that's what they've done. Yeah. They've become creative in terms of running their business, reducing costs, and suddenly you're finding they're hiring again, but in a very... Yeah, I think the, the analogy that comes to mind, and I'll be writing about this in my next uh, blog, is it's that old philosophy 
prof who put the jar of rocks on the table and said to his students, is this jar full? And the student said, yeah, it's full of big rocks. And then he added a bunch of sand into the jar. And, wow. and he said, now is the jar full? And they're like, ha ha, yeah, I guess it's full now. <laughs> and then he poured a bunch of water into the, into the Isn't jar. Isn't that And he said, well, now is the jar full? And they were like, not sure what to answer. Because the heat... <laughs> they could have put something else in. So Oil on top. Maybe. Where we are... and So the companies that are struggling right now are the companies that filled their jars with sand. Because if you, if you put the sand in first, you can't put the big rocks in. Right. And if you put the big rocks in first, then you can still fit the sand in. So what we've been able to do is establish a, f and we and several of the clients that are actually like us, right. growing through the downturn, it's because there's more room in the jar than you that's think incredible. there is. So that's, that's what I remind myself of every day. Well, Adam, really, really thank you for, for the podcast today or taking the time today. And I appreciate uh, really shaking your hand. Thank you for yeah. that. Have a good day. All right. Thank you.